Never be afraid to entrust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to entrust an unknown future to a known God. Those words were written by a woman named Cory Tin Boone. Cory Tin Boone um, survived the Holocaust, lost some of her family members, but she was Christian. And what was happening is when the, the Nazis were going around arresting and killing all these Jews, their family hid the Jews. So she was arrested, sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp with her family. And as a young woman, she was beaten on a daily basis by two prison guards at Ravensbrück concentration camp. She ended up surviving when she, after the end of the war, she came back a few years later and she met with these two guards that were beating her every day and she publicly forgave them. One of whom later became Catholic because of her witness of forgiveness. And she used to say, never be afraid to entrust an unknown future to a known God. Or as Billy Graham was so fond of saying, he said, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. So when we talk about trust, you know, in 1931, St. Faustina Kowalska, who's the first saint canonized in this millennium, she received this image of Jesus from Jesus. And at the bottom it says, Jesus, I trust in you. That's the message of Divine Mercy Sunday. And that sounds pretty, but basically what that means is, right, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Because if you're like Father Ben, many of us, were <laughs> we think, you know, Jesus, look, I do trust you, but I don't really trust you to get down in the nitty-gritty and take care of this stuff that I got to do on a daily basis. Like, I trust you in the big things, like this whole thing called the afterlife, I get that. But like in the nitty-gritty of what I got to do, I don't, I, somebody's got to do it, Jesus, and obviously it's not you. What does it mean to trust? You know, there's, n there's nothing, it's an obvious point, <clears throat> but there's nothing good that comes from worry. Worry will only keep you from enjoying the good things and the good people in life. It's not going to keep the bad things from happening. It's still going to happen. But when we wring our hands, what that does mean is the optic, they say the, the, the optic, the way of seeing life is clouded. So we don't see what's right in front of us, the people that are right in front of us, the opportunities. You know, I, <laughs> you, you, you may know this, but there's three forms of health. When we talk about health, personal health, there's three forms, physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health. And I have to be very honest with you, this is so vexing for me. In 17 years as a priest, I still can't figure this out. I just don't understand why some people, man, they will go to the nth degree to take care of their physical health. They diet, they exercise, they work out every day. Man, they're on it. But they could care less about their spiritual health. Never go to church, don't, you know, huh? 
yeah, I kind of believe in God. I don't really know. You know, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. They don't really know what they believe. But man, their body's in shape. Their soul, maybe not so much. Still other people, they're very careful about caring for their soul, but they let their body go. I've known priests like that. Still other people, they pray and they take care of their body, but their emotional health is in the pits, man. How do we care for our emotional health? We can sum it up in one sentence. Let other people help you. But that is very, very threatening for many people that are used to doing everything themselves. I don't need other people's help, right? But you let other people help. If you need to go to counseling, for the love of God, go to counseling. That's called emotional health, right? You say, what does this have to do with trust, Father? I'll tell you. It's an obvious point, but when we have physical health to the best of our ability, emotional health to the best of our ability, and spiritual health to the best of our ability, we're going to be able to trust in Jesus more. Amen? But if we don't really care so much about our spiritual life, (laughs) we're not going to trust in Jesus. I'm going to trust in me. And people can trust in themselves until they don't have good health, until they have a sick kid at St. Jude, or they get laid off or they find a lump or whatever, then all of a sudden they're focused on their spiritual life. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Right? You know, I used to, I've, I've shared with you before, I used to live in Guatemala. I love, I love Guatemala because I'm the tallest one in the country. Okay, that never happens, all right? So when I go there, um, you may know this, there's 22 volcanoes in Guatemala, 19 of which are active. And so I was there one time with a group and we went to the top of this volcano, it's called Pacaya. So we had, had a group and I'm talking to the, the director, I'm talking to him in Spanish, right? And the whole time we're walking up there, we had all these stray dogs around us that were following us and every now and then he'd feed the dogs, right? And I'm like, dude, what? I mean, I don't mean to pry, but what's the deal with the dogs? And he said, if Father, if you see those dogs, start running, you need to start running because they feel the eruption first. And I was like, come here, boy. Come here. It's like, right? So anyway, so we get to the top and when you get to the top of a volcano, it's, there's nothing up there. It's like the moon. And the top of it, it smells like sulfur. The top of it is smooth as this communion rail, just whoo, smooth like this floor. So we go up and we look in the volcano. I'm like, that's nice, let's go. So he lines us all up on the edge of this hill, which was like 300 yards, right? Going straight down in the smooth. He lines us all up, gave us a blanket. He said, sit on the blanket. I was like, okay. So we sit on the blanket and we lined up and he said, he comes up to me in Spanish. He says, Padre, confias en mi? Father, do you trust me? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess, I guess so. So before I could answer that, poof, he pushes, pushes me from behind, and I go, flying down the hill, going Mach 12, okay, just flying down this hill, 300 yards. Now, I learned a lot about myself that day, and one of the things I learned was somewhere in me is this inner reservoir of profanity, 
Who knew? So all of a sudden, words started emanating from me. I didn't even know I knew. They were there. I don't know. They just came out. So I get out, you know, get to the bottom, and uh, all the, everybody else follows, and he gets down there, and he comes over. He said, well, he said, How'd, how'd you like it, Father? I said, man, we got to do that again. It was awesome. It's awesome. But it's, it's kind of the same way. If you pardon the analogy, God is kind of saying the same thing to each one of us, right? Confias in me. Do, do you trust me? Because we're, we're flying down this hill called life. And we're in panic mode. And a lot of times we're looking for a life raft, yeah? Do you, do you trust me? I mean, do you actually trust me? Do you trust yourself to trust me? Hmm. You know, um, right at the height of the Civil War in 1862, there was a man named Henry David Thoreau. Maybe you remember studying him in junior high. Henry David Thoreau, along with Walt Whitman, Ralph Waldo Emerson, these were what they call the transcendentalists. And so Henry David Thoreau went to his friend, uh, his friend's house in Walden, Massachusetts, and he lived in the country for two years, two months, and two days, completely alone. Didn't see another person for two years, two months, and two days, and he wrote this book called Walden, all by himself in the woods. And this is what he says, and I'm going to quote. It's a direct quote. He says this. He said, I went to the woods because I wanted to live deliberately, to learn what it had to teach. I wanted to live deep. I wanted to suck out all the marrow of life, he said. And at the very end, he says this, I wanted to be sure that when I got to the end of my life, I didn't come to discover that I had not truly lived. I wanted to be sure that I didn't get to the end of my life and discover that I had not truly lived. So to that end, I just want to ask you a question with your permission. Heaven forbid, if you died tonight, would you get to the end of your life and discover that you had not truly lived? One of the ways that that does happen is with worry. Why? Because 75% of our time is taken up with wringing our hands over things we can't control and people we can't control. Who cares what other people think? Who cares what the neighbors think? Because they're thinking the same thing about us. And 200 years from now, when you and I are filling a pine box at Calvary Cemetery. You think that's going to matter? Probably not. Probably not. Do we get to the end of our life and discover we have not truly lived? Never be afraid to entrust an unknown future to a known God because we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Luke chapter 8, Jesus says this. He says, Fear is useless. What is needed is trust. It's useless. There's nothing good that comes from this. I'll close with this. 
In January of 2020, as you know, sadly, Kobe Bryant died along with his daughter Gianna. They went to Mass that morning at 7 a.m. And Kobe, as many of you know, we used to come here uh, for Mass with his daughter when they were playing the Grizzlies. And so he died, and one month later at, in L.A., they had this big memorial service uh, for him, and Shaquille O'Neal, who he always called his nemesis, spoke. And right at the very end of the service, you can watch this on YouTube, by the way, right at the very end of the service, Michael Jordan goes up to the mic. He takes the mic, and he's crying, you know, he's very emotional. He, called, he always called Kobe Bryant his little brother. And at the very end, Michael Jordan said this. He looks up at all these people in the rafters, right? And he says, people, live life to its fullest. Live life to its fullest. Drink it in and live it to its fullest because you never know when will be your last day. Here's the deal, folks. If you don't listen to me, if you don't listen to Jesus, if you don't listen to Henry David Thoreau or Corey Tin Boone, for the love of God, listen to Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay? We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Don't be afraid to entrust an, that unknown future to a known God because he knows what he's doing.